With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's cracking? You're listening to uh, Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie. And tonight, I'm really excited because we have a special guest on the show tonight, um, motivational speaker Giovanni DeReese. And uh, Gio probably doesn't know this, but me and him had a little bit of contact way back in the day when I used to follow Ryan Lee and I had a problem and he sent me an email and I remembered him and um, uh, reached out to him on Facebook and we became friends on Facebook and I noticed what he was doing and invited him to come on the show, especially this time of the year when everybody's making their New Year's resolutions and looking to to, uh, go forward with the things that they're doing. But before I get Gio on, I uh, wanted to announce that next week I'm going to have Victoria Taylor on the show. She has the website, themodernmonklife.com, and we'll be talking about everything from meat to food and everything else in between. So look for that next week. It'll be next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. And if you have not liked my Facebook fan page, please do so. I'm trying to build this community and get out the, the most pertinent health information to you. So uh, join the Facebook fan page where I can give you those updates and also follow me on Twitter at the fat underscore man dot com and fat is spelled P-H. So join me on those social media sites. And without further ado, let's get into the show tonight. So I'm going to bring uh, Gio on and we'll get uh, into the show. So let me bring him on. Gio, what's up, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm happy doing New good, year to everybody. Well. Yeah, happy new year to you, too, man. Um, like I said, we had some contact through email a long, long time ago. You and I were talking off air just before I started the show where you were, I believe you were working for Ryan at the time. And for those of you out there who don't know who Ryan Lee is, he's one of the uh, internet marketer, very famous internet marketer, and one of the people I, I followed when I first started getting into the internet marketing thing. But Gio and I had some contact there, and then we also uh, connected again on Facebook. I had no idea we had that email. Actually, I hope I didn't make a fool of myself. <laughs> no, no, man. It was a problem, an issue that I was having with something with uh, one of the packages. I believe he was selling those um, uh, packages at one time where he would send out the newsletter, how to uh, build your website and, okay. and all that other stuff. Yeah, and uh, I had a, a issue with getting into the website, and you helped me out with that. But um, yeah, yeah. So, Gio, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you start this journey? I know um, from uh, you, you hung out with Ryan Lee, and you were mainly into Ryan was into fitness at one time. I know that health and fitness, and you were as well. But can you tell the audience a little bit about your journey? Wow, wow. Uh, the journey is. Um, it really started with being a personal trainer. That's how I came into contact with Ryan. And um, I was a struggling personal trainer, to be honest. I couldn't sell out of a <laughs> sell myself out of a paper bag. <laughs> I was very, I was not good. And what I tell a lot of people is, over time, I started to realize a big fundamental flaw. But Ryan and I, we came into contact because he was a great marketer, especially with fitness. He and he had several different programs, and so I had an opportunity to go ahead and learn from him how to market 
myself as a trainer, and I did a little bit better. Um, not that much, that not not a big difference, but I was a little bit better. I was able to sell a little bit more personal training. But one of the things that actually let me leave fitness, actually, um, fat man, if I can call you that, but yeah, <laughs> with a P. Yeah. But um, but the <laughs> thing that made me leave it was because I kind of felt like a hypocrite. Um, when I was a personal trainer, I'd be the one person I would tell my clients, make sure you eat this, make sure you eat that. If you want to get results quicker, you should eat this kind of food, avoid these kind of foods. And what would happen was if the clients that I told that to would just simply follow me in my car after I left the gym, they would have found me at the drive-thru, at McDonald's, ordering a number two, which is two cheeseburgers. I don't know what it is now because I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> but that's what I would order after I just told them not to do that. And so eventually I started, I got tired of feeling like a hypocrite. And mm -hmm. I, I never, they gave me this medium, medium shirt that never fit. I was like the biggest fat guy in the, in the, in the gym. Couldn't sell personal training. So that's kind of how I got, you know, a long story short about how I was in fitness and how I kind of got out of fitness. And obviously we'll talk about how I kind of got back into it um, and myself. Yeah, yeah. And while we're talking about that, I want to kind of parlay that into another question mm -hmm. uh, with regards to you being on your being on that journey. And were you overweight? I know that you told me you lost 50 pounds. Were you overweight at the time you were a trainer or were you pretty yeah. trim yeah. fit? Yeah, okay. I was. Okay. Um, there would be client, people in the gym who would even give me advice, you know, on losing weight. And it's funny that that would be the case because I was the personal trainer. And so they were giving me advice on what I need to do. Um, so I was definitely overweight. I was eating a lot of foods. I was not really active, even though I was in a gym. I still didn't, um, was inactive. So you would think that I had every motivation to lose weight because I was trying to sell people on that same thing. And so one of the easiest ways to sell something is to be that. And I was not that. And so mm -hmm. it was obvious why I was struggling and selling it. But, um, you know, I was overweight. And, you know, after I started playing football in high school and I didn't have the opportunity to go and play in college, the motivation mm -hmm. to train all of the sudden was not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So what got you to that point where you say, you know what, enough is enough, and I'm going to go ahead and drop these uh, drop these 50 pounds? Well, it took so long to get there. But I, <laughs> I, I think one of the things um, I had, there was an event Ryan did, and it was an event, um, a pre-day event. So there was a three-day, mm -hmm. a two-day seminar, but there was an event the day before, and he had me come and speak, and I did that. And when I saw the video afterwards, you know, they tell you the camera adds 10 pounds, but I'm like, this camera added 20 to 25 on me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like how I looked at the, in that image, and I, and I was frustrated by it. I didn't like it, and I knew I could be better because I knew I used to train when I was in high school, so what was the point? What happened? Where, where, did, I, where did I drop the ball? So I started slowly making improvements to go and get there. But then I still went back and back and forth between the two and losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, but never making a real, real, real commitment to it. And then um, one day I was like looking for motivation and I'm a big football fan. And mm -hmm. one of the greatest motivators in football is a football player by the name of Ray Lewis. And mm -hmm. he plays for the Baltimore Ravens and um, played for them. He retired. Yeah. But when I saw he was a big motivator. And so what I went to, what I did was I said, if he's a great motivator and he has a personal trainer, 
then the personal trainer must be even more motivating than him because that's the person who's pushing Ray Lewis to go and work out or that's the guy who's giving who's working out with Ray Lewis so what I did was I actually went to Baltimore and I hired his trainer to train me for one hour one wow. hour we trained with each other and he broke we went and I ran up this hill that was like an X um, and the trainer his name is Monty Sanders in um, Owings Mills Maryland and he had me running up a hill the hill used to be a ski lodge and he would tell me, yo, Ray Lewis ran this hill. And I'm like, well, Ray Lewis did, I'm doing it. So I ran up the hill, but it beat my body up. I was not, I can't tell you, I was sore for nine days straight. I wish I could show you guys the pictures of the things that I was walking around my house with ice packs everywhere because my body was hurting so much. But that experience, I was like, wow, this is the type of quality of work that these guys do. No wonder they get into the shape they, they're in. And so years, um, probably months later, Monty Sanders was trying to film a pilot for a reality TV show where he would try to be like, you know, have a fitness show online, helping people with their lives and trans transform them. And they asked me if I wanted to be one of the people in the show. And I said, well, wow, okay, I guess we could do that. And I made the commitment and I went and I said, you know what, in order for me to get something I've never had, I'm going to have to do something I've never done. And so what I did is I packed my bags and I went to Baltimore, Maryland for three weeks and I stayed out there in a in a extended stay, and I stayed there for three weeks, and I trained with Monty morning and night for five days a week, and that really is what started this whole journey that I'm in right now, where he just taught taught me that it was a lifestyle change, and he taught me how to make myself the, a priority, and so that was where everything turned around. And during that three weeks, I didn't lose a lot of weight; I lost about probably seven pounds, but that's what gave me the courage, the encouragement to go ahead and lose what is now 55 pounds. Wow. Wow. Congratulations on that, man. Thank you. you yeah. You mentioned two things that I think are very, very good. And these two things that um, it kind of stuck with me as far as when you make that change, sometimes you're going to swing back. Yes. <laughs> you're going to have that little um, uh, time where, you're going to go back to your old habits. How did you overcome that? You know, I, I know you mentioned earlier, you said that maybe you went back and then you kind of straightened things out. How did you overcome that? that so difficult. You know, I, I, I think the thing that I realized was you, you start to label yourself. You give yourself labels. When I failed and I kept going back and forth in the wagon, that became my lifestyle. That was what I thought I was. I was like, oh, this is just not for me. I didn't make, I didn't, I wasn't feeling enough pain yet. Sometimes you got to get to that place where you hit rock bottom. And I was, I got frustrated of going back and forth, you know, and, and so eventually what ended up happening was I had to go and make a decision. Again, it required me to leave my comfort zone. You see, changing right. the body is, um, is uncomfortable. We don't like change. We like to go and wake up in the morning and know exactly what we're going to do. We don't like change. Anytime something just happens out of the ordinary, it messes us up. And in order for me to go and change my body, I had to mess myself up, you know, and make that commitment to go and out of out, out my comfort zone and go over there. The thing that I started to do to really be able to overcome that was I started chasing uncomfortable as opposed to being comfortable. Comfort was like, okay, well, I'm upset. I go to comfort. Comfort is food. That's what it was for me. So whenever something went wrong, I go I go get some food. I had money. I go and spend money, go and buy food. 
recklessly. But mm. when I went out, out there and learned the principles of what it takes to be great in anything, which was just making a lifestyle change and committing yourself and realizing that, you know, I could make a mistake, but the next day up gives me a new opportunity where whatever happened yesterday, yes, I had the Twinkie yesterday, yes, I had the fried chicken yesterday, but if I will stop the next day and just say it's a brand new day and, and accept that, then I could just move forward and look ahead. A lot of times what I felt like I did was I looked, I, I would eat something bad and say, well, the week is over, you know, or like say, well, you know, let's start right on Monday. And what would happen is if I messed up on Monday, well, I'll say, well, then let me start the next Monday because we always want to start on a Monday. You know, we don't want to yeah, start on yeah. the middle of the week. You know, like, hey, <laughs> the best day to start is, to, is, is tomorrow. But a lot of times if tomorrow is not Monday, we're going to mess up for the next three, four days until Monday come. And then what happens is now we develop a new habit that we now have to start kicking out. And that's one of the things I think that the biggest mistake we make. But I think every day is a new day. And if we could just win, and I heard this from a guy named Jeff Avalier, if we could just win um, 90, if we could just win 90% of the time, it allows ourselves room for failure because we will fail. That's mm -hmm. inevitable. We will fail. But the thing is, can I win most of the time? Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned um, something that you keep mentioning this word, and I, it's a word that is really, uh, it kind of gets me in my goat, so to speak. Because one one of the things that I find with a lot of people, because people come up to me all the time and ask, well, how do I lose weight? How do I do this? How do I start eating healthy? Mm -hmm. And by their tone of voice or just by when I give them the information, I can tell that they're going to be committed. And you kept mentioning that, that word, being committed. What is what is being committed and how, how important is that? Oh, I think commitment is everything. It's, it's everything. I think when you think about commitment, you're talking about whether the situation is good or bad, I stay the same. And I think that's the key. And so if, and when we eat and we're emotional eaters, that means that we have no control over it. It's up and down. Our emotions go up and down. But when you're committed, you, the emotions don't dictate what you do. You have a solid, grounded foundation that no matter what happens around you, you stay the same. And I think that's important for us when we're trying to go and make a change. When everything else is changing around us, we have to know this is what I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to go to this restaurant. I have a new lifestyle now. Here's what I'm going to eat when I go there. That's what we need, the commitment, to be the ability to say no when you're supposed to say no and to say yes when you're supposed to say yes. And I think a lot of times what happens is why we, 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 we start making excuses. We start to make Make, when, when, when we get complacent, we take our mm -hmm. foot off the gas. Oh, it's just one sandwich. It's just one cookie. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but you have to realize that one cookie leads to two. And then two cookies lead to three. And then before you know it, you're like, well, you know what? I already done, I already ate half the box. So I might as well just finish the rest. But those calories, they're not so forgiven. They still got to get burned. <laughs> for you yeah, to lose the weight, yeah, you know right. they they it, they don't they're not they're not like hey well you know we we giving him a mulligan we just gonna start all over we'll we'll become zero calories tomorrow morning no they stay there and you can't get rid of them so you you need to be committed because again there's life is gonna happen to you and those are the things we can't control but how you the only thing you can really really control yourself and I know one of the things that you were gonna ask was um how do you make exercise a priority. 
or right. how do you make these things a priority? And, and when I thought about that question as I was preparing for our call, I really was like, when you make you a priority, then exercise and nutrition become, it, it just falls right into the place it's supposed to be. And I think a lot of times what happened, and I didn't do this to myself, I didn't make myself a priority. When we make fitness a priority in the sense of, well, my, my significant other would like me to be look this way, or everybody else says this. Well, the reality is everybody else is not going to do the work that it takes for you to change. So the only person who's going to do the work is you. So you have to make yourself the priority. Remember why you're doing what you're doing, because only when you remember why will you not make excuses anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, let me get another question in there. But mm -hmm. before I do, if anybody's out there listening and wants to call in and ask either myself a question or Geo question, the number is 646-716-9371. Again, 646-716-9371. You'll be placed into the queue, and I'll see you, and I'll get you on if you have a question. Now, you mentioned something else, and this is one thing that's big with me, and I, I just will relate my own personal experiences just coming out of your comfort zone because whether people know it or not that are listening to this show, this is big for me for coming out of my comfort zone, from going from an athletic career and playing basketball in front of thousands of people during a four-year college career in high school and all these other stuff and going to tournaments. It was a big step for me to get behind a microphone and start a health and wellness show. But um, I realized that I had to come out of my comfort zone in order to help people. And how, how important is that, um, Gio, as, as, as far as just coming out of your comfort zone and, and being un get, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I, there's a football player who had this in his magazine article about that, about being getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think the only the, – the only way for change to happen is to be uncomfortable because it, it, it requires you to do something different. And I think a lot of times what happens is when you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, that's when we get to the point of insanity. That's what we, that's the definition, you know, mm -hmm. for you to expect that. And I think the, the key thing, again, think about what I had to go through to go and lose, the, to get this thing jump started. I went to Maryland. I paid my own money. They didn't pay me to be on a TV show. I paid hotels for, for 21 days to go and stay over there. And I drove my car. I put gas in it. I did something uncomfortable. I didn't even know where I was. I wasn't even in Baltimore. I was actually in a town somewhere 40 minutes from Baltimore. So it was like I was some completely out of my comfort zone in a place where there was nobody there but me. I had no friends. So I'm writing a book. I, I, this is a book coming out in, this month. It's called The Thirst is Real. And the reason why I say that is because you have to get to the point where you're very desperate to make this change happen. And when you're desperate, you will put yourself in some uncomfortable situations yeah. when you're desperate. And I think that's the key thing is when you really want to lose weight, you'll lose it. And I'm not saying that you don't want to lose it. I'm not discounting the failures that has happened in the past. But what I'm telling you is that when you are desperate, en desperate enough, the failures in your past can't even hold you back because you want what's ahead of you so much. And I think with the social media that we have today, with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, we have so many stories of people who have looked just like us, who have a same story just like us. They had an eating disorder. They had all these negative things that happened to them in the past. They were called fat. They were called these things. And they found a way. And as far as I'm concerned, they put on their pants one leg at a time, just like you and I. And so yeah. I don't... I, I, I cannot fathom the idea 
that these people are so special that they were able to do it, and we can. They have the same thing. We all have a heart. If you put your hand on your, on your neck, you feel a pulse. We all have a heart. And I believe that we all are able to go and do it, but it just, again, requires us to make that decision to do it and, 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 and to be able to go and say, you know what, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Whatever it takes. If you got to do dancing and you've never done dancing, then do that. If you want to go and do yoga, you say, I'm stressed out and I, I can't even think about the idea of working out, then start there. Every great journey begins with one small step. No one is asking you to go and run the New York City Marathon tomorrow. What we're asking you to do is just to get up and do something. And when you do something, you now create a chain that can go and help you get to where you're trying to go. And I think that's why I'm so excited that we did this in the beginning of the year because a lot of people probably have started the year on January 1st and they went to the gym and then, you know, because probably something happened at work or something happened in life, we stopped. And now we're saying, okay, well, you know, I had the four days in a row going and then because the streak is broken, I'm not going no more. And so now you feel like you feel defeated. You feel like, oh my gosh, now I got to start all over again. I already feel like a failure. No, you won those four days that you went. Start another four days. Don't worry about the failures. That's a yeah. part of the journey. Yeah, and I'll tell people this. For me, it's not a comfortable feeling to to get behind the mic. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with it. Right. It's not a comfortable thing to make YouTube videos and open yourself up for mm -hmm. all the criticism that you're going to get. But I always look at it like this. It's like I'm on the floor, I'm playing in the game, and everybody else is in the stands. So, right. <laughs> so I look at it like that. Um, now, with that, what are some of the things that you do to keep yourself motivated? I know for me, one of the things that works is just breaking things down. Like I know there was a time when I wanted to go gluten-free. And instead of looking at it a whole month, I said, you know what? I want to parse this out and break this down into seven days. I'm going to do seven days with this thing. And that seven days actually ended up changing my life. I think sometimes we tend to want to eat the whole elephant instead of eating the elephant in bites. And uh, can you expand on that a little bit? That's a great that's a great thing. And I, I, First of all, I commend you on doing this radio show because it's definitely not easy. You know, especially when you talk about being consistent and I've seen so many, I went back and I saw how many shows you've done. It's, it's amazing. And again, you don't even, you, I, I want to ask you a question before I go and answer yours. If I, if I yeah. may. Yeah, go ahead. When you go and say you did the radio show, why do you do it though? Cause I think that's very important that we understand that cause you felt uncomfortable, but is mm -hmm. there something attached to it? Like a purpose? Like you may feel like, you know, I'm doing this for others because technically you would not do this show if there was no listeners. So why right. do you do it despite the fact that it's not your comfort? You're not in, you're not in your comfort zone. Um, for me, it's uh, I don't know if you ever heard my story, but um, my mom passed away from breast cancer in 2005. And I won't get into the whole thing, the whole dialect of what we had the day before she actually passed. But when I saw my mom in that bed, one thing I realized that my mom's dreams died with her. And that was one of the things that motivated me to be able to keep going, to keep persevering and to give that message to people. Because when I at that time, I had just gotten out of the pharmaceutical industry. I was you know, making a lot of money. I was. A pretty, you know, pretty doing pretty well for myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that something was wrong with our medical system. I'm like, here I am representing all of these drugs. Mm 
And my mom is, you know, is dying. And I remember standing out in the hallways and the doctor said, well, we have one more experimental drug that we can we can try on your mom to keep her alive. And I remember a conversation with my mom. My mom said, Darren, she said, I don't want to do any more chemo. I don't want to do anything else. And I told them no. And when my mother passed away, I just said, you know what? There's something really wrong with our medical system and people need to start learning the truth. But first, I had to find out the truth. And when I started reading, I everything I could get my hands on, I was 35 pounds overweight at the time. Okay. And um, I was like, man, I got to get myself in shape. And I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know anything. And I remember finding a book book at the flea market, Body for Life. And that book changed my changed my whole Ooh, life. I had that one. I had that one. Yeah, yeah. That book changed my whole perspective because I didn't know how to eat. And I started, I read the book cover through through I did the workout and I started making some of the recipes and then from that I jumped into something else and I started reading more and then I read more stuff and then I read more stuff and I started adding you know pieces to the puzzle and I said you know what if I didn't know this stuff I know there's a whole lot of people out there that don't know this stuff and I need to start sharing this these things because the you know, Jill, whether we want to believe this or not, you and I are internet savvy. There's a whole lot of people out there that they just go on uh, YouTube to to read, to uh, do music or listen to music or do mm-hmm. something else that they enjoy or Facebook. They're not looking for information. So I'm the I'm what I call the information spar- uh, parser. Like <laughs> I take that information and I put it out there to people to let them know, to wake them up, because there's a lot of stuff that's going on that people don't really know about. And that's the motivation for me to get out of my comfort zone, to be able to help people. And I realize my purpose here on Earth is to help others, and I'm doing that through uh, disseminating this information. Now that, that's huge. That, that's, that's very, very, very crucial. And I think that, you know, you, 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 you hit it right on the head. Like That's why we're here. And I think when you talk about losing weight and, and realize it's not just about ourselves is we, we, you go ahead and inspire somebody else by that journey. And, and, and I think what you said was you, you have a reason why. And, and, and that's why I called the book, the thirst is real. You were thirsty. You found what you were thirsty for. You wanted to go and make a change an impact on lives and let them know there is information out there so that you don't have to go down this road. There's a, there's an alternative. And I think, that's what drove you to go from body for life to now reading every single book you could find and, and seeking out all these different experts to come on your show to share that information about nutrition, to share that information about living a better lifestyle, a healthier lifestyle, so that the people could live a more fulfilling life. And I think that, that's, that, again, for you to come out your comfort zone and do that, that, that was, that's amazing. I don't even remember what the question was that you had for me, but hopefully you do. <laughs> but, but, no, I think that definitely – that was huge for you to go ahead and do that. And I think we all have that place. There's somebody in our inner circle that is motivated by what you do or don't do. And mm-hmm. so we have to realize that we're attached to each other. And so when you say yes to fitness, somebody else is going to watch your journey. And when they watch your journey, they may not say yes to fitness because they fit, but what they will say is this person had a struggle with fitness, and I have a struggle with X, Y, and Z. And so if they're able to overcome their struggle, then I'm able to go and overcome mine. And I think that's, yeah. where, that's where we become all connected with, with this. That's why it's so important for us to go ahead and do this. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about I forgot the, the, the question myself, too. But <laughs> let's talk about that one word, struggle. Is, is success a straight line? Oh, 
No, no, we know that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I know success that. Success is not a struggle. I mean, I mean um, struggle is not. I mean, success is not a straight line, and um, and struggle is a part of that. And I think the way to really visualize that is for us to go and see when you hooked up into a machine. And I hope you know nobody's hooked up to a machine listening to this. But if you're hooked up to a machine in a hospital, if the line goes straight. You flatline, right? And that means you're no longer here. You're gone. So life is just nothing but ups and downs. There is no straight line. The thing is, and I heard, I read this from a book, a book called Peaks and Valleys. I strongly suggest every single person read that book because it's going to give you a perspective of how life really works. If you know, okay, we're going to go on a high, so I, I lost um, – I lost two pounds this week, so I'm at, a, I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm excited. Now we have two ways we could respond to that. We could go ahead and get excited and say, well, let me go and celebrate by eating bad, or I can go and say, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm humbling myself, and I say, wow, that did a good job. Let me see if I could do it next week. So there's two ways to respond to that. But then what about the, 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 the other end of it, where I worked out this week, I worked out for three weeks, and I lost no weight. That's the valley. Mm-hmm. How do you respond from that perspective? Do you stop? Because if your thirst is real, you don't stop. You keep going, even if you don't see the results, because you know that the only thing that follows work are results. It may not come in your time. So Darren might go and lose 10 pounds in two weeks, and I do the same thing, and I can't lose those 10 pounds in two weeks. We're all different. But understand that there's no substitute for hard work. Success is going to go and have its bumps on the road, but if you understand that ahead of time, it shouldn't catch you off. It shouldn't catch you by surprise. You shouldn't go ahead and say, "Well, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going to happen." No, it's going to happen. Your body doesn't want to change. You have to go and beat it, handcuff it, make it. A, you know, like put. Yeah. Just do. You got to make it change. It doesn't just happen. And so I think again, when we talk about success, if we understand that the the road to success is not straight. And we understand that there's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be some days I'm going to lose a lot of weight real quickly. And then there's going to be some days I'm going to go through a dry spell. But if you understand that the totality of your efforts will receive a tremendous result, if you could win the majority of the time in this year, and I think if you look at it, and, and, and like you said, when you said, I want to go gluten-free, I want to go 30 days or whatever, you broke it down to seven days. Let's mm-hmm. win a week before we worry about winning 2014. Let's win one week of fitness and say, okay, I went to the gym three times this week. Win that week. And then when you win that week, then you say, you know what? Let me at the least make sure I duplicate what I did the week before. So if I went three times this week, the next week, don't overwhelm yourself and say, well, I'm going to go six times. That's what I used to do. And my mentor and a dear friend of mine, the name is Paul Reddick, he, he, he's the one who taught me about that. What I would do, and this is why I, went, I would gain weight and lose weight all the time, I would go ahead and I would say, okay, you know what, I didn't gain weight, I, I haven't lost weight in a while, so I'm going to drive to Baltimore for a week, and I would lose weight. Then I would come home back to Brooklyn, New York, and gain the weight back because I didn't have a lifestyle change. I had a Band-Aid, and the Band-Aid was in, in, in Baltimore, but the wound was still there. You see what I'm saying? So I think yeah, that's I the key that. thing where we're like, just go and win a week, you know. But remember, the reason why you're going to your body's going to change is 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 because of consistency. 
It's yeah. You, and I think that's the big word is if we can be consistent. And if I pop in a DVD of your life, will I be able to watch it and say you want to lose weight or am I saying you don't care about losing weight? Think about that for a second and say to yourself, if someone popped in a DVD of mine, so let's say you, you became a reality TV star, which we all love these shows. and it's, it's, it's going crazy with the reality TV shows nowadays. But let's say we put a DVD of your life and said, what did this person do for seven days? And if I watch your life, at the end of the DVD, will I say you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle? Or am I going to say you have no care in the world for that? And so if I'm watching DVD and I see you're in the club and you're drinking mad liquor and you're eating all these fried foods at 1 o'clock in the morning and you're eating Ben and Jerry's and all these things at the weird times of the day and you're not going outside and doing your walk or your, your jog or attending your fitness class, whatever, then I'm going to say you're not serious. And I think that's the key thing. We want to make sure when they pop in that DVD, what can we say about you? Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. One of the things that gets me, too, is the fact that people think it, with anything in life, you just mentioned this, um, that it's they think that I'm going to just do it for a short time and it's a lifestyle change. You can't just do anything for a short time. You have these people that pay for personal training and they're just there to get in shape for a wedding or a, you know, some high school reunion or something like that. And then they go right back to where they were. It's like, to me, what's the purpose? If you don't want to do this all the time, then why, why be a part-timer? That's, that's what I always say <laughs> to myself. Yeah. Why wow. be a part-timer? Wow. That's a, uh, it's a good question. I think, again, we talk about, it's gotta be a lifestyle change, but what happens is we've bought into the idea of instant gratification. And mm -hmm. so we want short-term results, but realizing that you can't get, again, it's insane to do things in the short term, but expect long-term benefits. It's got to be uh, over a stretch of time. You know, I could only imagine if, I to if you were married and, and you went ahead and you told your wife, I love you, the first three months of the year, but the rest of the nine months you decided not to tell her nothing, do you think she'll be satisfied? No, she wouldn't. You know, it requires you to be doing it over and over again. So, again, with yourself, you can't expect to – be healthy, but say, okay, I just did this workout for three weeks or for three months to get ready for my wedding. Think about that. Like now you just gave your husband or your wife an image that they thought they were going to see the rest of their lives when they said, I do. And now you went back to the, the person that was, that you were before you started this three month transformation for your wedding. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think about it that way and I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you tricked me. Yeah. But I think, like you said, part-timer, and I think the reason why we are part-timers is because we've adopted a lifestyle that we could never sustain. And I think that's the thing that we need to remember. What is something you can sustain? So for me, I might not be able to work out five days a week like somebody else, but if I could go and say, you know what, every day I do some push-ups, just to register in my mind that I've invested at least something into my life in terms of health and fitness. Is it going to have huge gains? No, but if I do a push-up every day, and it might lead me to the next day doing a real workout. But every day you can't wake up and say, I didn't do something for my, physicals, for my physical being. We do everything else to go and satisfy our emotions and things like that, buy stuff and all these things like that. But what did you do to invest in your body? And we all, you know, and I, I, I follow the Bible and things like that, and you talk about your body, your temple, and things like that. And so 
I'm not saying I'm perfect. Don't get me wrong. I've gone for I've lost 55 pounds. Then I go and put on two pounds. Then I lose three. But I still hang around that 225 area. I was 280 before. I hang around that area, and so I know when I'm going too far. I know where I'm like, okay, yeah, you put on seven pounds. That's a little too much. I, I, that now that becomes my uncomfortable. I don't feel comfortable with that, and so I make the change. I make adjustments. Um, I think that's very, very important. But like you said, I think the reason why we have short term is because think about it. We go on a 21-day crash diet to go and get in shape for spring break or for a summer vacation. That is not something you can sustain over a long period of time. So, of course, it was a short-term thing. So figure out what is something you can, you can do every day. You might not – something where you can say, you know what, once a week I drink soda. You know, just because I, I need a little sugar fix or something. If that's something you think you can do for the rest of your life, then do that. But I think the, the, we need to get away from these fitness plans, Darren, where we talk about results in short period of time and, hey, you can lose weight in 21 days or 14 days or 7 days. That's great and all, but is that plan something you can do every single day of your life? And if you can't do that, then you, you don't have a long-term solution. Yeah, you know what? But that stuff sells, Gio. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can do videos on things like um, uh, endocrine disruptors and stuff like that, and they don't get near as many uh, views as if I do. I had a video on um, how to lose weight fast, mm-hmm. and that video, I, as soon as I put that video up, it had about fifty hits on the on the video YouTube video within a day because everybody is so desperate to lose weight. And they're looking for that, you know, for that magic bullet. And they think that everything is going to be that magic bullet for them. So um, let's talk about another, let's talk about another um, concept. And uh, it's the concept of wanting to start at the mountain, start at the mountaintop instead of starting at the bottom of the mountain. And the way that I, I look at that is you have these at the, you know, I was sitting down on New Year's Day and I started seeing all of these weight loss commercials popping up. Dan Marino, uh, you know, all these things. Uh, what's the, the girl's name, the blonde girl? Uh, Jessica Simpson, Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all these programs, P90X Insanity, all these programs, because these advertisers know that this is the time that people are going to be looking to lose weight or make these changes. And that's the, one of the biggest New Year's resolutions is I'm going to lose weight. Right. But, what about this concept of starting with an Insanity or P90X? And I've done Insanity, and I was in pretty good shape, and I've been an athlete all my life, and it killed me. So when I see a person who's sit on the couch their whole life, and all of a sudden they see an Insanity commercial, and they say, you know what, I'm going to spend $100, $150 or whatever it is to get this this program because I'm finally going to lose weight, and they end up getting the program. They do it one day, they're sore, and they quit. What what is the strange obsession we have in our culture with wanting to start at the mountain, wanting to start up at the top of the mountain instead of starting at the bottom? I, I think this goes, this taps into my marketing background because obviously, I've done those things where you promote it and you know what the market is thinking. And um, the one thing I will say is, when we buy the program, we think we won just from the buying part. You just said, I made a decision. I've spent $150 to lose weight. Look, I bought this DVD. You remember when I said, when you pop in the DVD of a person, what do you see? On that DVD, I'm going to see a person purchase Insanity. 
And so in my mind, I'm going to think that person did something. Look, they're going to post on Facebook. I just started insanity day one. Mm-hmm. Like you said, rarely do we see day two, though, or day seven. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I think what happens is, we, we, again, we talk about you get into a program that's not sustainable. That's number one. But think, I mean, I think we, no one in marketing, no one likes to be called a beginner. Mm-hmm. We don't like that. Think about it. When you go to college, a kid goes to college and he's struggling in math. He doesn't want to go take remedial math because it makes me think that, okay, well, everybody else is over there and I'm over here. That's what they feel like. So it makes me feel insignificant if I'm doing a beginner's fitness program. When I purchase Insanity or P90X, I feel like the person in the TV commercial who already got the result because I'm doing the same thing they did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You see, and but, so that's the mindset that they have. Yeah, I had to switch my mentality from that because when I was overweight, the last thing I wanted to do was go into the gym and get on the treadmill. And I realized, I was like, man, I got to start running again. I've been running up and down a basketball court with a basketball in my hand, but it was nothing like getting on that treadmill. And you don't have a basketball to dribble. Mm-hmm. You just have, it's just you and the treadmill. And I remember the first day I got on the treadmill after I had gained like 35 pounds. And I'd always been a skinny guy. Right. <laughs> I got on the treadmill. I was almost here. I am hovering around 240, 250 pounds, which at 6'7 was a lot of weight for me. Right. But, and I had never carried that type of weight before. And I remember the first day I got on the treadmill and my legs started itching. And I'm like, man, I'm quitting. <laughs> like, I'm not going to quit. I was like, I'm going to quit. I cannot deal with this. And, I, and the next day I came in, I said, you know what? I said, I want to jog today for two minutes, and then I'm going to quit. And I said, I'm, and then the next day I said, I'm going to jog today for four minutes, and then I'm going to quit. And then gradually it started coming back to me to the point where I could run at least an hour on a treadmill without without having any effect on me. And I really started cutting the weight off. And I, I think sometimes – with progression, if you can talk about progression, being able to start at one point and and see results and and keep going, because I think if we don't see results, and that's part of the frightening thing with starting at the, the top of the mountain, is because you may not see those results right off. But if you start at the bottom, you can say, okay, well, I did this. I started two minutes on the treadmill, and that's a that's a victory in my opinion. Yeah, but, I, I th- yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people don't celebrate those small victories. They don't say, well, hey, I jogged two minutes, or I did the elliptical today for two minutes, and tomorrow I'm going to do four, or, you know, the day after I'm going to do four, and then I'm going to do six so I can work my way up to a 20-minute interval routine. Uh, And I've seen people who come in the gym, and they try to run a mile on the first day, and they've never been in, they haven't been in the gym in years. Right. And it sets them up for failure. Yeah. Well, I think what you said was the the thing I want to ask you is when you said you went two minutes and four minutes and six minutes and eight minutes, who were you competing against? I wasn't competing with anybody. I just said, you know what, I am not going, I'm not that type of person. I'm very persistent. And I said, you know what, I know if I try to do this, if I try to run a, a, for 20 minutes a day, I said, I just, I know I wasn't going to accomplish that. And I'm not a running person. But if you put a basketball in my hand, I'll run all day up and down the basketball court. Right, right. But for me to, when I was in that that state of being overweight and feeling miserable and and just not feeling good about myself, 
the only thing that I can think of is I, I have to stick with this. I have to do this and I have to break again, break it down into little pieces, little mm-hmm. bite sized pieces mm-hmm. and celebrate my victories. Just say, you know what, two minutes, four minutes, six minutes. And then within, I think, a month or a month and a half, when the weight started coming off and I was in there jogging 25, 30 minutes without any problem, I said, I knew I did the right thing. But had I just stuck with that, trying to do 20 minutes the first day, I would have never made it. No, you wouldn't have made it. But I think the reason I asked that question is because the key thing to you going two minutes, four minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, we need to all realize our competition is ourself. Mm-hmm. And if we realize that, then the, if I did two minutes a day, all I have to do is do two minutes and two seconds, and I've already won from the day before. But I think what happens is we go into a gym setting, and we see the person on the right of us running a mile, and we're like, well, we don't run a mile. So don't let somebody else's journey be yours. Run in your lane. Focus on your journey. Remember that you're only competing with yourself and no one else. And I think that's the key thing. When we see all these testimonials and all these different things from everybody else, that's wonderful. And I'm congratulations. That's great that you've been able to accomplish that. But realize that the journey is yours. It's your journey. You're competing against only yourself. Only yourself. And if you really remember that, then you won't get so overwhelmed or discouraged by all this ups and downs that everybody else is doing. You'll stay in that tunnel vision and you'll say to yourself, I'm only worried about me. If you look at the horses when they run, they have these blinders on. So that way they don't look to the right or left of them what the other horses are doing. That's what helps them become successful. When we look to the right or left of us, we take the energy that it required for us to win our own race. We waste it on somebody else's race, and now we fail. And we are, and when, you're, when you fail in that situation, the only people who's there when you're failing is me, myself, and I. You can't run from yourself. You can't run from yourself, no matter where you go. I've done this many times. I'm like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm going to go to Florida. Well, guess what? That same depressed person in New York, he's going to Florida too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't run from myself. You know? But I think the key thing is when you said – I went ahead and I did my two minutes and I did my four minutes and I did my six minutes and then it became my 25 minutes, my 30 minutes. That was Darren versus Darren. Nobody else. And I think that's the key thing we need to all remember when we talked in the beginning. Make yourself the priority. And the only person you ranking your, the the only ranking system you're, you're abiding to is yours. All you need to do is every single day try to get better than the day before. And that might, require, that might not be fitness one day. It might be like, hey, I, had, I worked out Monday. Tuesday I didn't work out, but I had water two days in a row. Uh-huh. Like you said in the beginning, two small victories. Ray Lewis has a quote that says, greatness is small things done well day after day. So uh, me losing... 55 pounds, it took me months. I know there's some people who lose 55 pounds, they go on the biggest loser and they lost it in four weeks or they lost it in two months. That's great. I'm happy for you. That worked out for you. But what I, what I can say is that even though it may have taken me six months, eight months, a year, a year and a half to go and lose 55 pounds, I have not gained it back. I've only focused on my own journey and nobody else's. And I, I really strongly encourage everyone who's listening to this or who has the opportunity to listen to this to understand that 
in 2014, compete against yourself. Don't compete against nobody else. Just you and yourself. And if you can do that, then you'll worry, then you will make progress and you'll win more times than you lose. And at the end of the year, when December 31st comes, you'll be able to go and say, you know what? I beat my, I, I won more times than I lost. And I really believe that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you'll be happy with what you see. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Um, let's talk about, we didn't talk about this and we were kind of, um, getting into the, the red zone here in about 10 minutes. All right. Um, goals. How important is it to, to have goals? Wow. Goals is everything. <laughs> I think if you, if you, we, we've, I think we've all probably heard the saying, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for every, anything. Yeah. We've heard that. But if you aim at nothing, you'll hit your target every time. You know, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit your target every time. And so it's important for us to have a goal. There's some, there has to be something we're chasing or why get in the race in the first place. That when we look at sports, if these people competed and nobody kept score, they wouldn't compete. We compete to win. So your goal is your, is, is your measuring stick. It gives you something to go after. It gives you a mark that you say, I've hit it or I haven't hit it, and now you can go ahead and make adjustments. But I think if we don't have goals, and again, we need to have micro goals and then have macro goals, and the macro goals, we break it down to small bits like you did. So let's say I want to be gluten-free. I went from 30 days, and I broke it down to seven. And then when I bid that seven, I go and say, let me go and do another seven. And before you know it, you hit a month of no if you were gluten-free the whole time. And I think that's the key thing we need to realize is that we need to go and realize, we let's take a small goal. And I, there's a saying, um, win, win the day. Win the day. Mm-hmm. Try to win today, whatever that is. So let's say I had to drink water today and no juices. No other, like no calories is getting drunk. I'm not drinking calories. I'm just going to drink water. No juice at all. No juice or soda. If I can go through the day and that was my goal, then I won for that day. And then I try to repeat it tomorrow. And I think that's the key thing is what I feel like, Darren, we make a mistake in is we have too many goals. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we have too many goals is the, the image you should get is a guy who's juggling balls in the air. If I told you to juggle one ball in the air, I guarantee you 99.9% of the people can go and do that. If I give you two balls, the odds go a little bit lower. If I give you three, it goes lower. Four, it goes lower. So I think a lot of times what happens is we have, I'm going to the gym five times a week. I'm not eating no more fried foods. I'm not, eating, I'm not drinking no more calories. You have all these different things. And then it's hard for you to remember which one you did and which one you did not do. And so that's why I always say start with one block. Everybody who I've ever told to go and lose weight and they told me, how did you do it? I said, start with one thing. And when we master one thing, then let's go and add another one. And most of the time I always tell them, start with the water. Don't drink your calories. Don't drink the juices. Because you think about it, two, three glasses of juice, that's 300 calories or so you're losing, you just subtracted. In a week, if you just focused on that and didn't do nothing else, you didn't even work out, you just lost a pound of fat. Just from eliminating juice. That was one goal. One goal. And then once you do that, then I tell you, get active. Just move around. I didn't even tell you how much time because I want you to dictate that for yourself. If moving around means two minutes of moving around today, then so be it. 
but every day try to get better. So again, one goal, and then you go and add other goals. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. Think about that. The GPS itself does not give you all the directions all at once. It says turn right. When you turn right, it tells you the next thing. Imagine the GPS said turn right here, drink left here, go around about, make a U-turn, do this and that. You'd be like, hold on. Hold on. I can't handle this. But then why do we do the same thing when we come to our fitness and other goals that we try to accomplish? Yeah, you're exactly right. And just a tip for the listeners out there um, as well is when you're we're mentioning health and fitness, but this, this goes through your life um, as well. But one of the things I see a lot, and I used to do this too, was not writing things down when I'm in the gym. So how do I know if I'm getting stronger? How yeah. do I know if, um, you know, like I had a goal to squat 315 this year. I hadn't been in the way. I used to do a lot of calisthenics, so I hadn't really been in the weight room. And my goal was to squat 315. And I remember reading this article from this guy, Martin Birkin, and he said, you need to start writing your things down so you'll know where you are. So I went to the gym, got me, I mean, a store, got a little tablet, one of those little three inch tablets. And I started writing every workout down. And with every workout, I would say, okay, I'm feeling strong. I'll give myself a little compliment, say, hey, I'm feeling strong. I didn't feel so good. Yeah. If I didn't feel good that day, I would be like, okay, well, why am I not feeling good? Okay, maybe right. I didn't go to bed on time. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed is when a couple of weeks, I finally got up right. to that 315 on the squat. And then I had a personal deadlift as wow. well. Okay. So people... One of the things I think that happens with people, we have no directions, and that's why I really wanted you to hit on goals. And part of that is writing things down. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That's so huge. And there's a pastor in D.C. His name is Mac Batterson. And he has this one mantra that says, the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Mm. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. And he was, And what he was talking about was, writing down everything. So I'm reading this book and it's about prayer and things like that. But a lot of times because we don't write it down, when even if we accomplish it, we never really remembered what we did. And so I think like you said, when you can write down three fifteen and I think the whole how you feel, that was something I remember from the Body for Life book. Like writing down how you felt about this weight. Like was it too heavy, was it too light? You know, things like that. When you get a chance to write it down, you can remember. You're like, well, I did go to the gym four times last week. Or why did I feel last week was easier? Or why did I feel more energetic last week than this week? Well, if you wrote down your workout diary and you wrote down, and I don't think be obsessed and say, oh, my gosh, you got to write down every single meal and all the things like that. Although success leaves clues. And the guys who do accomplish so much tremendous things with their bodies, they write everything down. So I'm just saying I'm not telling you to do the same exact thing, but they do that, and they've had tremendous success. So you want to write those things down so you can go ahead and measure and say, wow, I was able to accomplish this last week. What was the things that was about it? Oh, I went to sleep early the night before. So that's why I had such a good workout, and I was able to break my personal record the next morning. And so I think what you said is extremely big is for you to write the goals down. But let's take that a little bit step further. When you write your goals down, make sure it's somewhere where you can see it. Make sure it's somewhere you can see it, preferably in front of the fridge, because that's where we do most of our damage. Mm -hmm. So I just posted a picture on Facebook of how I looked when I was 280, 
and how I look when I was 225. And I remember I, te- I texted my girlfriend, and I said, the minute I saw the picture, I wanted a salad. <laughs> like, like, the minute I saw that picture, I said, I want a salad. I don't want to eat nothing bad tonight. And now imagine if I took that picture and I put it on the fridge or I put it some, I put it next to the cupboard that has the Chinese food number. You know, if I put the, if you keep it in eyesight, you'll be able to go and govern yourself. Think about that. I'll open my wallet and I see that picture. It's going to remind me of things. So if you have your goals somewhere, like I would say we all have, a lot of people have smartphones, put your goals as your screensaver. Yeah. Put your goals as your screensaver so that when you go to the, when you go for that lunch break and you see that your goal was to lose two pounds this month, does what you eat during that lunch break support that goal? Well, when you look at your phone, you're constantly reminded of your goals. And we have to remember we're forgetful. As much as we want to think we're elephants and we got great memory, we forget things. And so it's important for it to be around us and constantly consume us. That's what's going to help us in those days when we're like, hey, I went back and I backslid on my diet or I backslid on my fitness program. You want to have these things around you. And I'll be honest, I don't have those things around me in fitness. And because of that, that's when I see my results or my success become stagnant. Because those weren't around me. I'm writing a book right now, so everything around me is about a book. Like, yeah. you know, I see books, I see chapters, I see all that stuff. That's what's important to me. And if your body in 2014, you're saying my body has to change and this is what matters to me and this is what's very important, then make that commitment to go and put your goals everywhere you are. Put it on your phone. Put it where you sleep. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the, on, on, on the, on the you know, wherever it is. Put that there. So that people can, so that you can see, constantly remind yourself of it, and um, I really believe that that will definitely help you. I'm glad you brought that up about goals because that's very, very, very crucial. Yeah, I got two more questions for you. Yeah, I guess I, one, two, one is um, I watched your, one of your YouTube videos, and you were just talking about being coachable, and in um, not more so being coachable. I think most people, if they come for help, um, they're going to want to be coachable. You might have some few knuckleheads out there that aren't. But yeah. as far as investing in yourself, how huge is that? It's important. It's important. Um, it's everything. It's, it, 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 if you, 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 knowledge is power. And I think one of the things, and I think this is why your show is so great, knowledge is power, and your show gives us the knowledge. But a lot of us don't really know stuff. We think we do. But we don't know stuff. Think about it. I get a magazine. I think I know fitness. No, you don't know fitness. You know the fitness they're trying to show you. But it's not custom for yourself. But when you go to coach, a coach, and I know everybody cannot afford personal training and things like that and all this stuff like that. But when you have a coach in place, and that's one of the things, Darren, that helped me. When I left Baltimore for those three weeks, I also had my, tra- you know, my trainer, Monty Sanders, he gave me an online program. So I still had a coach when I went back to Brooklyn that guided me and helped me and said, hey, did you do your track workout today? Did you do this workout today? So I had a coach, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was very crucial to my success. Could I have been successful losing this weight by myself? It's possible. But I would say it's highly likely because I tried that approach myself. It wasn't working. And I had all the motivation in the world to lose the weight. I was a personal trainer, and looking the part is a big part of selling it. And I didn't do that. But I had a coach, and the coach 
understood what I was going through. And I think that's the thing why we need to be where we need coaching is because we need individualized plans. We don't need cookie cutter plans where here's one size fit all. And that's what coaching gives you an opportunity to do. So even if you go and say, I want to get a personal training session, just one session to find out where your weaknesses are, to find out, oh, my hips is, is tight. I need to stretch that out more. Find that out. Then you can do whatever you want on your own. But I think it's very important for us to, at least in the beginning, especially with this new year, is to start out with some guidance. Then when you learn it, you know, like it's like when you learned how to ride a bike. You didn't just get on the bike by yourself. Somebody went and it was behind you and they guided you. And then the minute you figured it out, you said, I got it. I got it. Get away from me. I, I'm good. I know how to ride the bike now. And I think that's the key thing we need to do with fitness, too. It's, we assume that we can just come out the womb because we're all fitness babies, a lot of us who have not <laughs> mastered this. We're all fitness right. babies, and we're coming out the womb running and wondering why we fall. You don't know yet. So one of those shortcuts to getting success quicker is to have a coach who's done it with many other people and who can tell you, listen, I had a client just like you. They had the same problem. This is what I had them do. If this don't work, we could do this. Now it's on them. It's hard enough to work out. To come up with a plan yourself, oh, my goodness, is even harder. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important for us to have a coach. Yeah, and I think what what happens with a lot of people is they, you know, they may have those excuses, but having a coach can just definitely cut that learning curve in half. Mm -hmm. And uh, with a lot of people, I think also they just need to they make excuses and say why they can't invest in themselves. And as long as you make that excuse, what you're telling yourself is you're just telling yourself that I'm not good enough. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why I kind of wanted you to touch on that. Now, yeah, the last question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last question, and I'll let you go, um, is I always hear this. I, every time I'm riding to the gym or um, I listen to, I don't know if you're familiar with Ricky Smiley, the morning show, but there's a pastor that comes on there, and he says that, and I wanted you to kind of expand on this as your last question and what it okay. kind of means to you. It says a setback is a setup for a comeback, and he always says that, and that always gets me motivated. Wow. Wow. A setback is a setup for a comeback. Wow, that's a <laughs> that is huge. That's a that's a that's a great saying. A great saying. I think one of the things to break it down. First of all, we're gonna have setbacks. So we could look at setbacks in two negative ways. It either helps you or it makes you worse. And so adversity is what helps us build character. It's what helps us to build you to build that muscle, that perseverance. And that's one of the things, Darren, that I think that weight loss did for me was it let me know that thing is difficult. As long as you work at it, you can do it. And now I'm able to carry that same principle to other areas of life. And, um, I, and again, it, I think the mindset is important. This is where your mind comes in to look at that setback as a setup. That requires you making that decision to look at it through a different lens because somebody can look at a setback and say, I failed. But another person could look at a setback and say, it's an opportunity for me to get better. And if you look at Thomas Edison, he failed 10,000 times, allegedly, or whatever, when he tried to invent the light bulb. And his mindset was not that I'm a failure. He said, I found 10,000 ways that does not work. That's a whole different perspective. He remained positive 
even through failure. And I think that quote where the pastor is saying setback is a setup for a comeback, the only reason I don't like that saying is because some people don't like the comeback. Like they didn't like where they were in the first place. So, right. so, right. so, you know, so that's the same. But I think, again, it, it goes back to how do you look at something that goes bad? Do you look at it as an opportunity or do you look at it as a failure? And I think it's important for us to look at the setback and say, you know what, man, this is an opportunity for me to get better. This is an opportunity for me to learn. This is an opportunity for me to go and teach myself that I'm able to overcome a challenge. And when you learn that, it's like riding a bike. You learn it one time and now you start to say to yourself, wow, now I have a challenge at work that um, was a setback. You know, we lost, we didn't hit our benchmark in sales, but because... When I was, I had a setback and I didn't lose those two pounds last week, but then the next week I saw I was able to bounce back and I kept working at it and I lost three pounds. Um, I had just was going through a plateau and I lost three pounds the following week. Now that kind of goes and sets you up for a true comeback, a true comeback in not just your fitness goals, but in your life goals. And I think that's the key thing. When you said, I do this show to help people live better lives. This just happens to be a vehicle, health and fitness. But I think health and fitness is probably one of the best vehicles to really change your life. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share with the audience tonight? Well, I, I think, again, I, I, I think the most important thing, guys, is remember, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Nobody's going to put in the work for you. I could run on a treadmill tonight. It's not going to do anything for your body. You know, it, mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. But I think it's, it's time that we start. Um, we live in a world where a lot of people are selfish, and so we try to be unselfish. And we give and we give and we give so much of ourselves, and we fail to go and give. Um, if we're giving to others and others are giving to just themselves, then who is the one who's pouring life into you? Who's taking care of yourself if everybody else is worried about themselves and you're worried about them also? And so I think it's important that we have a balance and we go and be a little bit more selfish. And, and again, I say this in a positive way because being selfish to be healthy, that's going to help you do more things. It's going to help you fulfill your life purpose because you're going to be here longer. It's going to make you more energetic to go to work and do the right things you need to do. You're going to be able to experience the different things that happen to the young people in your lives. As you get older, you'll still be around. So be a little bit more selfish when it comes to your health and fitness. Invest in yourself because this is the one thing, the one area in life that there is no inheritance from somebody else. Paris Hilton can be rich because her father has hotels and things like that, and so she can have an inheritance. Your health and fitness, there is no inheritance. My mom could have ran 60 marathons. That has nothing to do with how I'm going to look. And so yeah. I encourage people to really, really, really in 2014, be selfish with your health and fitness, and, and, and finally say yes to me. Because I think we've yeah. said no to ourselves so many times, and it's time to go and do something different so we can have a different result. Well said. Well said, brother. Hey, um, when is your book coming out? It's called uh, it's, Thirst. The, the book thirst? is called The Thirst is Real. Um, my website is geospeaks.com, geospeaks.com. We just finished the editing process. The book is uh, took a life of its own. It's for specifically teenagers. 
that I'm writing this for because I really want to encourage young people to go and um and be successful. We're definitely probably going to come out with a more a, a, a one that's for adults, but um definitely if you have young teenagers that you would like to go and have them fulfill their true potential, that's what this book is about. And so um my thirst is real. I'm very thirsty to go and help inspire young people to go and um, live their best lives. And so that's why I was so excited to have an opportunity to come back home for a day at least and um, talk about fitness and, and health and, and talk about the journey that I went through. And I thank you um, for the opportunity, Darren, to be able to share that. Yeah, thank you for being on the show, man. I wanted to have you back when you get your book out. We'll have you please, back and, please. And talk Absolutely. about that book. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you, man. I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Thank you. And continued success. Don't be, continue to be uncomfortable. Um, no matter whether there's one person or 100,000 people listening to you, stay encouraged because, you know, you, you are making a difference, believe it or not. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. So I'm going to let you go, and I'll make a few announcements, and I'm going to get out of here too. All right, <laughs> okay. buddy. Enjoy that national football game. You like football? Yeah, man. I'm actually getting ready to go ahead and watch the game. It's probably the <laughs> one game. I don't follow football that much, but it's probably right. the one game I will watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Take it, take All it right. easy. All right. All right. So that's a wrap. And next week we'll have Victoria Taylor again from themonklife.com. And we'll be talking about uh, health and wellness and everything in between. And I thank you for listening to the show and tune in. Same fat time, same fat channel next week. And we'll have a guest on. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.